Hello everyone and welcome to the Great British Mickey Waffle. I'm Jill and welcome to the September episode. Joining me today are Ben, Becca, Claire, John and Peter. Hi everyone. Hi guys. Hello. Hi everyone. Hello. Now you don't need me to tell you that this year has been a bit of a strange one and many of us have had to change our holiday plans. Peter and I have postponed our Tokyo holiday and several of us have postponed plans to visit the US. And on behalf of all of us, I want to send you a great big socially distanced hug. I'm sure that all of us will use the extra time to save up for an even bigger and better holiday next year. Now, at the time of recording, we can't even visit our beloved Disneyland Paris as the government are making us drink Ovaltine for 14 nights when we get home, or something. Or was it 14 nights of Glotinis? That doesn't sound too bad. However, Peter and I are hoping to visit again in a couple of months. And our fellow wafflers, Ben and Becca, managed to get away for a couple of days there not long ago. So, of course, I thought I'd ask all about their trip. How did your trip go, guys? It was... So good to be back in a Disney park. Yeah, it was amazing. I think it's probably one of our best ever Disney trips. And even only going for three nights, we managed to fit so much in. Uh, weather was great. We had a bit of rain. so And it was hot as well, so I felt a little bit like Florida. So we stayed at the Cheyenne, which we stayed at for one night last year. So it was quite nice to get a couple more nights in there. Actually, get a proper feel for the result. Even with all the social distancing measures and masks, didn't make any difference. It just felt even more magical being back there. Yeah, can I ask as well, though, Ben? I know it's quite frustrating for a lot of us, you know, when you're going into shops in the UK and so on, and you put your mask on and stuff like that. How was the mask? You know, particularly when it when it's warm and you know at Disneyland Paris. We've got the um, sort of cotton masks, and we we. We used a mix of the cotton masks and disposable masks because um, in France you have to wear them all the time if you're outside and recommendation is that you change them every three to four hours or so. No, so you tend to have to change them a couple of times a day. <laughs> and I've also seen your pictures on Instagram. So you've got yeah. some fantastic masks as well to take away with you. We did. We brought those back in June, I think, for what was going to be our Florida trip. We cancelled that. I have problems because I wear glasses. So when I breathe, my glasses have a tendency to get a bit mi misted up if my mask's not on quite right. So sometimes I had to have a bit of a fiddle with the mask. But apart from that... Mm -hmm. Not really any issues yeah, with the masks. Really. I wear them for work eight, eight, ten, eight, nine hours a day, so I'm kind of used to it anyway. Well, the yeah. funny thing it was, we got so used to wearing them when we come back into the UK, we got um, asked by border control to remove our mask, and we thought, I'm wearing a mask. Just because we got so used to wearing them out there, it just becomes second nature. We did occasionally leave the room and forget. Once. But once. We forgot to once. put them on once. Thankfully, we were only going to get a cup of coffee. But yeah, we just got a mask put on and but yeah it was it was really good out there um the social distance is one meter so it's a bit different to home where it's two but even with that everyone's sticking to it i think there's 
in the queue lines you've got um, sort of metre squares to stand in. So you've got a sign that says, please do not stand here. The only problem we found with that was when you had um, a larger group of like four or five or six people. But other than that, it's just sort of you look ahead, see how far they are and at least yeah. keep a metre. It's a bit like driving. You just have to plan ahead. Yeah. I saw some great photos of uh, selfies with the characters. Those seem to be really well organised. They are. They're really good fun as well. I really hope yeah. they stay after the pandemic as well, because Never. I think these are a great way, because I'm not, all, haven't always been the biggest fan of characters, just because I don't see the, sometimes if there's a character, it'd be nice just to have a photo with. I don't really want to queue up for half an hour if someone wants to hug or have an autograph. It's a quite a nice sort of mix. In Walt Disney World, they're not doing the uh, meets the same way. In fact, they're hardly doing any meets at all. They're, they're doing a few selfie spots mm. in Walt Disney World. Right, okay. You've got things like Winnie the Pooh, but they're doing more of a... Um, I'd say it's the same... It's a bit it's, more planned in Disneyland Paris than it is for Walt Disney World. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're a bit more spontaneous in Walt Disney World, where in DLP you've got quite a few that... Um, like, you've got Donald like in front of the park. Yeah. Um, you've got, like, the Marvel characters, where it's certain times of the day that you go and see in the studios... And then you've mm. got to use the Line Bertie app as well for um, the Frozen one, which, funny enough... We managed to get. Yeah. Wow! On our last morning, yeah. we wow. managed to get a Line Bertie for the Frozen characters. That is a successful trip, because Line Bertie is not the easiest app to negotiate. I mean, <laughs> it's a bit, probably a bit difficult for us to say how different the selfie spots are from Walt Disney World to Disneyland Paris, because we don't have that experience with Walt Disney World, we've only got what we've seen yeah. on other people's vlogs, and it's not a fair representation. It sort of creates yeah. a different sort of feeling. It's We had a few characters that... It was it Geppetto that we met, and I, to us, I, it felt a little bit... Of, he, he was there, there was hardly any queue, but it hi. wasn't really particularly great interaction. Where we saw Donald, a five, ten-minute wait, and it was amazing. That's amazing. He was so you're not funny. Tell, you're, not telling me, you're not telling me that your, your Geppetto interaction was wooden, are you? <laughs> <laughs> of course, John. <laughs> hey, the thing is, <laughs> we met Geppetto last February in Cafe Mickey, and he was brilliant, mm-hmm. his interaction in there. So yeah. it was probably just his friend. <laughs> you're, not lying, you're not lying there, are you? Oh. Yeah. I was saying that we did do a few rides we haven't yet done before. Mm. So and it was the that we probably won't never do again. What was the one? I'm I'm um, not going to say it in French, but the it was voyage the, of Pinocchio or the Pinocchio one and the and Snow, Snow White, White one. Mm-hmm. The Pinocchio one's just freaky people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't do either of those because they properly freak me out. I love Disneyland yeah. Paris. I, you know, but um, Snow White and Pinocchio are never on the menu because they are nightmare-inducing. They were only five-minute waits. I found Pinocchio worse than Snow White. Normally, they're not. They're like fifteen minutes or something. Half an hour. I don't even like the film of Pinocchio, so uh, yeah, the ride is not happening. Also, neither of the rides are particularly in story order. Yeah, Snow White. No, no, no. Snow, Snow White. White. What about the storybook boats? I was disappointed. I think I was getting mixed up with one that's in Tokyo or possibly Disneyland. Because I thought it was Mm. something different to what it actually turned out to be. Yeah. 
Glad we did it. Did you manage to do Casey Jr.? No. That was a bit of a queue for that one. That was actually a queue, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. If you can call 20 minutes a queue. At that time, we were getting a bit hungry. Mm. Right. So we did have. So did. Can I ask you, did the park feel busy? Or did it, Not particularly. Did it feel... We, we've been in Disneyland Paris twice before, so February half-term mm. and the same weekend last year, and this felt empty. It felt like it was a hard-ticketed event at times. Gosh. But also, I know a lot of people commented on some of our live videos saying, oh, it looks busy there, it's a bit different, but it's more perspective. It's mm. difficult when you're filming and when you see, you just see one picture. You don't see everything that's happening around you. Especially when you stop no. and you see a lot of people walking, it's a bit different. I think that's a that's a really good point, that Ben, because I think this I've seen pictures of of, of a lot of parks. I'm, I'm not going to you know Universal, Walt Disney World, you know throughout all of their parks, and also Disneyland Paris. And it depends on how positive the people who are actually taking the photo are to to put on their blog or onto their news channel or whatever. And I find some of it is so deceiving and deliberately trying to put people off. And I think that's so unfair when going from a lot of things I've read and obviously from your experience, it has been, you know, you can see the lengths that Disney are actually going to to actually make it a pleasurable experience. You know, I I, I really, I take my hat off to both of you because I think to to be able to come back and give such a, a an amazing sort of, just sort of description of, of of being able to go there you know and i think there's so many people who are listening to this and you know i'm one you know when the, when everyone's listening to this i should have been in disneyland paris and i'm not going to be and and that's as, as heartbreaking as that is i can i can park it but I, I still think for a lot of people who are listening you know please 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 you know take some sort of positivity from what Ben and Becca are saying because actually yeah. Disney is still there they're still open, they're still trying to do their very best for every single one of us and one day we'll all get to go back to any park throughout the world yeah. Yeah. We did also carry on another one of our Disneyland Paris traditions We broke a ride yeah. <laughs> so, Oh we got stuck on a ride yeah, so Every time Last August we got stuck for 45 minutes on Small World, small world. So, as you've probably heard before, 45 minutes isn't the greatest thing when the music gets turned off, you hear safety announcements, and the dolls keep moving. Especially when the person sitting next to you doesn't like China dolls. What did you break this time? Um, Big Thunder Mountain. Because we asked for the back row. Best row. The back row. No, the best row. Oh, yeah, the best best row. The best back row. (laughs) I oh, love the back row of Big Thunder is actually better than the front because the hang the hang as you're going up the hill, you're not forced on the hang on the down. You're basically straight over the top. Just a just a little little bit of advice for anyone who wants to ride Big Thunder. And the one at DLP is the best Big Thunder. Oh, ever. isn't it just? Yeah, isn't it just? Yeah, you know, even even I would say that that's just it's that it's the tunnel bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then that look back, that look back, and you realise that you've actually gone under the lake. Yeah. That really, really fantastic bit of imagination. And I think the brilliant thing is when you um, just about to sort of get in, into the queue, you see the train pull in, 
and it just sort of yeah. you know that that's just where it's all going to start you know you're nearly yeah. there and to put the um busyness and cues into perspective normally big thunder mountain in paris has a minimum queue wait of about 90 minutes or so during the day 30 minute queue was the longest wow. we saw. Was the longest we saw for the On average, when we got in the queue, it was either 5, 10 or 15 minutes. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. It, it takes about 10 minutes normally to get... Just to walk around it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we walked yeah. Um, around into Discoveryland, which we keep calling Tomorrowland, um, yeah. and we went <laughs> by Hyperspace Mountain. Several times throughout the day, it was five-minute wait. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the only... Did you ride no. it? No. What do you mean did they ride it? Claire? There was no way. There was no way the million years are going on. <laughs> oh, you, you can go join Jill's team. Yeah. 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 I am never going to knock anybody for not going on Space Mountain or not going on anything. Else. I am queen Do you know what? Ring. I will happily go on it. We did go on Indy, though. Yeah. I think what it was. Yeah, yeah that's how I'm impressed with that. I think, I think one of the things as well, and, and obviously until we got forced to cancel, uh, my kids have actually been watching um an awful lot of the wait times and, and using the app and stuff like that and the, and the, the wait times in particular was something that they were looking forward to so so really apart from not being able to go and saving my bad back uh, <laughs> from being on <laughs> from being on sort of totally sort of uh bad play on 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 space mountain i'm quite It'd be worse than indiana jones trust yeah. me Oh, it doesn't matter, Peter. I'm just I'm a I'm a junkie for going on uh, roller coasters and stuff. So I have to say though, both Space Mountain and Big Thunder are open during extra magic time. Yeah. So if the Fantasyland rides are not your bag and you want to hit the thrills, go first thing. No, it's good. It's it. good, and I, I think as well. And I think I think Ben and Becca. I think you know. I know in my you, you know I know. There's a sacrifice to be made on on your behalf, and I, I, I again I admire you for that. But I think you you you've just gone and had a blast, and it really is. It's such a it's such a brilliant experience to just come back home, and just sort of look back on what you've actually achieved. You know the photos that you took, and also the the memories that you're going to have is just like exactly what everybody wants from a Disney holiday. Regardless of quarantine, if you're going out now or in the next few months. Pay for photo pass, just do it. I was going to say they've added um, magic photo shops all around the parks. Finally, we've got ninety photos of the whole weekend. Oh wow! Then it was worth every penny. And in February we got ten, eight, eight. Yeah. Yeah. When we went last year, we got annual passes, and so we got the annual photo pass. And that has finally just now been sorted because uh, it, it uh, got lost in the ether. Uh, ours has now turned up. And we did actually have a magic shot from last year. They were trialing them last year. Uh, but it looks like they've really taken it and run with it because some of the magic shots that are there now look We've amazing. We've got Stitch, Phantom from Phantom Manor. We've got Lion King. We've got Ratatouille, or Remy, I should say. Aladdin's Lamp. Aladdin's Lamp, Brax. We, I think we managed to get most of them. But right. what's really, really good is not only are the photographers absolutely brilliant, really friendly, they'll ask you if you want them done together or individually. So we've actually got individual shots of us on photos, yeah. which we don't normally have. 
but they also check the photos after they've taken them. Before they put them onto right. your photo pass, they will look at their camera, look at the pictures they've taken, and then put them on. Mm-hmm. So if there's something wrong with them, which we didn't have, don't get on. I reckon they would mm-hmm. take them again. Yeah. Wow. Which I was really impressed yeah. with. I'm, I'm talking to people who were there. You were saying that the CMs were really good this time. They were. Yeah. Everyone was... It was almost like... They, almost like... They seemed really happy to be back. And you could feel it. it was, there was just like that relief that they're back doing what they want to do. And I'm not sure whether yeah. any cast member changes have happened over the past few months, but they all seem to be putting on just that extra bit of show, that extra bit of, bit of magic. And maybe it's just because we're back where we belong. Yeah. Which is one of the lines from that song, mm. which makes you cry quite a lot. It does. Every time yeah. I heard that song, it made I me cry. The CMs at, at DLP, if you actually talk to them, especially if you start with bonjour, even if that's the, the only French you've got, they blossom and they absolutely love to chat with you. Um, and just because they're not all be my best friend, come over for dinner next week, like some of the American ones are, you know, but they're still great people. And there's a real pride that we found in, in some of the CMs we've talked to. So that's really good to hear. Oh, and the other thing that I absolutely loved seeing from your videos was the the welcome show in the morning with the characters. It's not just in the morning as well. It's throughout the day. Yeah. And they, I think they do it for the first couple of hours of the morning and the last half an hour Yeah. Yeah. as you're leaving. And the brilliant thing is when you get, as the park is closing, when they've got the characters up on the station, you expect lots of crowds. But actually, the CMs are there with signs saying "Stay one meter apart," and they're not forceful, but it it's working really well. But talking of them, yeah. um, there was a lot of thing I noticed on social media on Thursday and Friday that with the Rhythm of the Pride's Land debuting last weekend, we were out there that um, social distancing wasn't happen happening. But when we were there, it was brilliant. There, it, it was spaced. We were. We lucked out on our seats because we were next to where there were some people that I think had Disney VP logos written on of their badges. They were just there. They seemed to be very important people, whoever they were. And we were next to the MasterCard seating and we had a great view and the social distancing was done really well. It was perfect. And the Line Bertie app worked for that on second second attempt. Wow. But, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. That's amazing. It sounds like you had a fantastic time at Disneyland Paris. And DLP seemed to be really dealing well with making the parks a safe and an enjoyable experience for everybody. And I'm really glad to hear that the hand sanitizer doesn't wash off pixie dust. Now, speaking of Disneyland Paris, I cannot be the only one who's noticed that lots of people seem to be going there for the first time this year. Perhaps because, like us, they want a way to get a little taste of Disney without crossing the big pond. So we thought that we would share our favourite DLP tips and tricks for first-timers, or indeed for anyone wanting to get the most out of their time at DLP. So, guys, what are your best DLP tips and tricks? Let's start with Claire. Oh, how long have you got? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, um... So I have been to DLP now upwards of 35 times and um, I'm really lucky. I'm a member of the DLP Dream Team um, for 2020 and also been recontracted for 2021, which means I get to spend 
what little spare time I have online supporting um, guests to have an amazingly magical time um, via the DLP website. There are a few things that I always tell people. One is that you can walk from the front of the park in the Disneyland Park all the way to the back by Pirates of the Caribbean, completely undercover. Um, if you take the the uh, arcade to the left of Main Street and then follow it up, you can stay undercover through the fort out the other side of Adventureland and then track it all the way around past Aladdin's Lamp up towards um, Pirates. And you don't need to get wet because, funnily enough, Disneyland Paris, it does get a bit wet sometimes. So um, I always say that keep a, keep an eye on that. It's um, it's also quite a quick route. It's the probably the quickest route from front to back if you were heading to Peter Pan or... Um, um, parts of the Caribbean first thing in the morning. Um, my other brilliant tips are about the. <laughs> I'm a bit obsessed with my toilets, um, and this is applicable both to Disneyland Paris and also Walt Disney World. The toilets are the automated flush toilets, which if you have a small person who is either potty training or a bit nervous, make sure you have a park map or something in your pocket so that when they sit on the toilet, it doesn't automatically flush. Having been through that trauma several times, um, if you cover over the laser, it won't flush. And then they can do whatever they need to do and then jump off. And then you can move the park map and the toilet doesn't flush on them, which is not a very nice um, experience and might cause you issues later down the line, having been there. Um, and I would say the other the other top tip I have is about uh, if there's a parade on and where you view the parade. So there are I have my two favourite parade spots, which are my tried and tested mum. I need a beverage, but also and I'm not talking necessarily an alcoholic beverage. I know that that's the usual for me and everyone says that. But I need a drink and also I need to be not that far from the loose if I've got a child with me. Um, so my first place is near small world on if you are facing uh the great big gates next to small world where the park the parade tends to come out uh just on the opposite facing them directly either side of the road is fine um right there so you can catch the parade as it arrives this is just leaves those gates and then you can get off and do the rest of uh, adventureland or frontier of um, fantasyland frontierland while the parade is going down main street the other spot is the spot that i like for the parade at the end of the day so quite often at disneyland paris you'll find the parade is about 5 five thirty in the evening um i go at the bottom of main street uh, as you're looking up the street on the right hand side uh, right near where the uh, car barn is, um, it's where the horses come in and out first thing in the morning. Uh, there is a trash can and a tree. If you stand in between them, no one can stand in front of you and they can't push you out of the way. The loser right behind you and you can grab a drink from Main Street while you're waiting. So um, and it's the perfect bit because you, you get the most amazing photos as the parade comes around the bottom of Main Street because it comes towards you uh, rather than going away from you down on that spot. And if you are um, hitting the park, uh, heading straight out the park afterwards and you're going off for dinner or up to Disney Village or um, into the Disneyland Hotel to have a drink in Cafe Fantasia. Not that I've ever done that. You are right next to the park exit and you can beat everybody out. So those are three of my top tips, but I'm sure I'm going to chip in with more as we keep going. Uh, what about you, John? I've got to admit, Disneyland Paris for us has always proved to be the biggest tip that we could give anybody is to take a coat. Because <laughs> it, it's always been cold. 
It's the only holidays we've ever had. I've got the kids, and we're all we're all wrapped up, and we've all we've got hats on and gloves on and things like that. And that's just because of the time of year that we've actually visited. Um, and and that's that sets it apart amongst all of all of the holiday photos. It, it's really strange because you you're now looking at so many years, and you're look, looking at your kids growing up, and you you then sort of decide that well, actually me photos to Disneyland Paris, perhaps of the kids with the hat on, are not quite as uh, as good as the ones that has got the sun beaten on you, which is not very fair on Disneyland Paris. But I'm going to pick up on something that Claire actually said, and, and that was the one thing that I'd, I'd really picked out, is actually looking at the parade route, because at the very top where the gates are, where the parade comes out, is just amazing for photographs, because you if you get the right spot, you've actually got the parade coming straight towards you for, for a very short period of time. But it allows for those those pictures, for people who enjoy taking pictures, because I do. Um, and you, you get it without anybody in the way. And then as they turn, you're then left with a side-on view of each of each of the, the parade uh, vehicles. Um, and that was that really is something for me. Um, I've got to admit, I asked, I've asked the whole family about tips that we could we could share with people and and possibly the best thing that i've got out of trying to do this is actually appreciate you know i get we gave we gave a lovely mention um in one of our past shows to um somebody somebody that I met last year called abby uh, and then we cursed her trip to uh, florida which was really sad and i do apologize abby because i know she listens to us um but actually she did something which i think is is something that a lot of people going to Disneyland Paris should actually do, and it's you just turn around one day and you decide, look, forget everything else that's going on, let's just book it, get on the train, go on holiday, and go and explore a park that actually is very very magical and very underrated, and underrated by many people who go to Walt Disney World. I hasten to add, myself included, um, and. And I was delighted to read of, of Abby's wonderful time there. Um, hopefully she's forgiven us for the shout-out <laughs> the shout out that <laughs> happened before she wasn't allowed to go to Florida. But it was lovely, and, and she's had a, a magnificent time simply by just booking it last minute and then just deciding to go. And I know that depends. I it's not It doesn't happen for us because we live in the north of the country in case any of the listeners haven't sort of guessed from my accent um but if you live in the south of england disneyland paris is very touchable and you can actually get some really really good bargains on the eurostar and know for a fact that if you're prepared to you know certainly living around that um the luton airport area you can actually get some really good deals from um, EasyJet as well and be flexible and I, i'm pretty sure that's why a lot of people have annual passes who live in the uk uh, you know, and you know, Claire, go on. I was going to say, um, actually, if you are happy driving in Europe, yeah, Disneyland Paris is extremely accessible if you'd want to drive. So, I'm really lucky, I live in Kent, so that means yeah. that I can get to Folkestone in like 25 minutes. Um, from when you come off the Euro Tunnel, from literally uh the minute you leave the port to arriving at your hotel in Disneyland Paris or in the area if you don't stop it's about two and a half hours yeah 
and it is literally it's like two roads so you just join the the um the motorway the auto route and it is a toll road it will cost you about 22 euros uh, each direction you can pay with your card you can pay with cash it's very very simple it's a drive through barrier um when you come at you you go under the airport at Charles de Gaulle and then you hang a hang a right on a on a road on oh it, and it's it, and it is hang a right you, yeah it's a really tight yeah. turn it's yeah, a yeah. really really tight yeah. bend yeah. um and then you are on the next road straight into Disneyland Paris and it's so simple yeah. um even even a, a muppet can do it and I, well, I could. And that well, was, there we are. That was the first time we went. So we drove, I, we drove We drove. the first time we went, and actually that wasn't an issue. No. The second time we flew, we flew from Luton. Um, again, that that transfer from Charles de Gaulle to the parks is actually a very simple one. And yeah. then we also, used the, we also used the train to go into Paris for a day as well, which I know sounds sacrilege on a... A Disney podcast, but actually a little bit of culture was very good for us as a family. And uh, and this one, we, we were going. Hey, we were going to go luxury. We were going to get the train down to King's Cross and uh, stay overnight. You're a star, straight into Disney. And as as well, as, it, as it all happens, that's not going to happen. But those three different ways of actually getting there are things that I think a lot of people a lot of people don't just discount. They always think, oh, I've got to drive. I've got to do this. Right. And, and and there's there's options and there's options to do it last minute and uh, I think Disneyland Paris for a lot of people is an option for those who who don't want to plan they don't want to have that whole scenario yeah. and I think in this this particular time I think if you get your time with you know booked in the park then you, you're sorted. I think you're right, John. For me, I mean, I could be in Disneyland Paris in three and a half hours, so it would be it would be really simple for me to you know nip there for lunch. I'm not going to do that, but it's I can't even visit my mum in three and a half hours. Exactly. And and she, this, lives, she lives in the UK. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. I'm, I'm moving down to your, I'm moving down to your <laughs> spot. There's no Paris who'd rather go to visit my mum. Sounds a far better idea, Claire. Yeah, uh, absolutely. John, when, when you were in um, Paris, was the um, Eiffel Tower show? <laughs> um, Strangely enough, Ben, it was. It was. Mm-hmm. I wonder why Disney got that idea. Yeah. Of that uh, just, uh, just adding that whole soaring experience of, of going out in Paris for like 25 beers. And then <laughs> you, get on, you, get on this thing, you get on this ride and then like everything's sort of wonky by at least 40, 40 degrees. Well, she got have the money to have 25 beers in Paris. Oh, my God. Too right. Yeah. But I suppose you're uh, something you mentioned, John, is about nipping into Paris from Disneyland Paris. Oh, it's yeah. So quick and easy. It's literally yeah. two stops yeah. on yeah. the train. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people who stay off site will get the train into Disneyland Paris from their yeah. hotel, which is uh, in Val de Europe. It's it's literally three minutes on the train directly into Marne Valley, which is right yeah. at the, the, the door to the park. So if anyone's worried about getting the train, I've done the Eurostar direct and also via um garden or um i was anxious about that it was really straightforward um yeah. and and not at all an issue um and one one change at chatelet um so it it's very cheap as well it's about 11 euros i think on the train over from um paris um garden or to marna valley so it, it is straightforward so yeah. getting there i know a lot of i've seen lots of questions on social media and and also forums saying you know how hard is it to drive 
it's okay. not hard to drive. Oh. It's not hard to get the train. It's direct or indirect. It's also not hard to get the, the shuttle from Chardigal to, to yeah. San Paris. It's extremely accessible for us. Yeah, we, We've never driven, but that's purely because every time we've looked at the prices versus us driving, sometimes the euro starts actually works out cheaper for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if it's actually going to be not much difference in price, I'd rather just sit back and let someone else yeah. do the driving. Oh, 100%, 100%, Ben. And, and, and also, and think... we, we, we know of people who've done the whole Zeebrugger ferry um and driven and people who've flown from manchester we've flown from cardiff in the past so it's more accessible than people think really it's like we did the eurostar via lil yeah, yeah. for the yeah. first time last year yeah. and that was brilliant really was and it saved the half the price and going getting a direct train yeah. there earlier i think the other thing yeah. about getting the train ben is um you know i think we've all we've all done the train at some point um, is to use the uh, Disney Express service at the station at Marne Valley, which um, you can book when you, if you're going on Eurostar. Um, you can book it whether you're going direct, indirect, if you book it with Disneyland Paris or if you book it separately via the Eurostar website. It, you can pay, it's about £40, I think, and you that's for both directions. You literally get off the train and you drop your bags in the station and they give you a little ticket and you, they your your bags will magically appear in your hotel in the luggage room so you can get your you pick up your tickets for the park there if you book, booked a package and then you can just head on into the parks and enjoy yourself and not worry about going all the way back to your hotel for your luggage and on the when you're leaving you drop your bags back at the luggage room and they appear at the station for you later on which it's it's not too much of a bind walking backwards and forwards to the to the hotels but if you're staying at the Santa Fe it's, you know, it's a good 20 minute walk each way and that would be you know by the time you pitch your bags up it's an hour that you may not want to spend you may want to spend that time experiencing another attraction or having a cup of coffee or whatever it looks like so using the the disney express service at the, at the um i think at the station is a is a really good idea if you're if you're staying in one of the on-site hotels it was a godsend for us last august we were literally there for one night so by getting it to the park yeah. at quarter past 12, being able to drop the bags off and then first thing that next morning about 7am as soon as luggage room opened, we put it there, we picked it up at 5 o'clock, half an hour before our train. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I just it's add... especially good if you're going on a short trip. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can I just add one last thing? And, I've, and I know this is really recent. I'm not going to hark on about my cancelled trip again. <laughs> <laughs> I would also urge, and I know that if somebody's listening to to, to, to this show when it's released for the sep- for, sep- for September the first, Eurostar have changed their routes significantly, um, and we we obviously were involved in that. Keep looking out as to what's available. It will change. It's gonna change at some at some point as everything changes, um, and I think that's it's just worthwhile. People who are listening, just looking out for it because. That that direct Eurostar straight into into Manla Valley is just wonderful, and uh, for it not to for it not to go, I think is a real shame. Because but it's again down to to numbers and it's down to trying to run your your business according to to what's out there. But yeah, for listeners who, who are listening to this and thinking I'm going to book direct train, they have sort of adjusted the timetable. So just mm. just do do beware. Um, it's it's for... worth saying that um, they don't run the direct train every day. No. Um, no. And even when they do, it's only once a day. Um, but there are plenty of other options. 
Absolutely. Oh, well, that's what I say. Tell them. So, yeah, don't don't panic if you can't find the direct train. Yeah. I'm gutted. I'm gutted. We've never managed to get that train straight in. And, oh. and like, like Ben said, you just get there, you can drop your bags, and then you go, and you just get straight into the parks. So yeah. next time. So we don't tend to use the um, express service because we like to go to our room and see that everything's okay with our room and go and get our kettle from reception and see that everything's all right first. But you can get your luggage taken to the station on the way back. And that now costs 25 euros, I think it still is, per room. Yeah, you book it in the hotel, don't you? Yeah, you just yeah. take it to the hotel. It used to be 11 euros per room, which was the bargain of the century. Um, it's it's now 25, which is a heck of a hike. But it's still worth it if you want to to just not have yeah. it going back to your hotel. At the end. I think it's worth every penny, to be honest with you. And the other thing, yeah. John, you were mentioning about Eurostar, is that currently the Eurostar is not stopping um, at Ebbsfleet or Ashford International. So yeah. if you are someone who doesn't want to go into central London to jump on the Eurostar, that then is now not an option for you. How long that will stay like that, we don't know. Um, but if you know, for me, actually, Ebbsfleet or Ashford is much preferable to going all the way up to London to come back on myself. Um, but that's not an option just now. So people just need to be aware that if you plan to jump on later on in the journey, you can't at the moment. Yeah, Claire, that's exactly what I was going to say, is that when we had our trip booked and it was like we were told by Eurostar time they're expecting Ashford and Epsic to be added on soon. But then the quarantine came in and Eurostar updated the website saying for the foreseeable future, yeah. it's not going to return. Yeah. I mean, there was all the issues around the, the train platform at Ashford and the, the new trains and all that stuff anyway. But... Yeah, because it never it wouldn't <laughs> it fit it. and all of that. It's... So, yeah. I'm going to go next to Peter. Your tips and tricks. My tips. Right. Lots of people have said what tips I was going to say. So I've had to think of some new ones. Don't miss out the arcades. You really have to go down the arcades, down the side of Main Street. They are beautifully decked out. They move forward and backwards in time. The lighting changes as it goes up. In the in one of them, there is tucked away a little vignette uh, of New York and the um, Statue I've of Liberty. Statue of Liberty, yes. Uh, which people walk past and think it's a, a cast member area or something. So don't forget the the, the arcades. Mm-hmm. Um, when DLP does a hub show, it does a hub show. It goes round the hub and in the middle, which none of the others, as far as I know, do. And they're really, really good. They're really, really good and really worth waiting for. So, but I believe that um, the Jungle Book Jive is in one of the theatres this time. It's not actually outside this time. So yeah, it's in the um, thing where Lights Motors Action was, I think. Yes, it is. It's yeah. in the Lights Motors Action okay. in the studios. And oh, you have to book okay. your place by your line, Bertie. Yeah. That would work, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think I think Peter, what you're saying about the the central hub show, if there's a so you usually have the um start Disney Styles on Parade Parade, which is a bizarre name. Um five five thirty. This is pre 
COVID time. And then it'd often have a seasonal parade. So whether that be Christmas, Pirates Princesses, Jungle Book Jive, whatever it looks like several times through the day and they happen like four or five maybe six yep. times a day yep. and the thing to remember is they alternate direction each time yep. they happen so if it's princess pirates and princesses pirates start at the bottom of main street on parade one and then they'll start by small world on parade two because yep. obviously the floats have got to do the transit journey backwards and forwards yep. so if you if you want to see a particular part of that parade you need to be in the right place uh, but they will stop in the hub and use the new um, raised areas in, the, areas in yeah. the hub. Yeah. So actually, you can have an amazing 360 experience if you stand in the middle of the hub. It is very, very different to any of the other places I've been. It, mm. it, it really is a great show. Yeah. My other big tip is if you are staying off site and you are staying in Manla Valley, yeah, I get get the train, don't get the buses. <laughs> get the train if you're staying in Manor Valley, don't get the buses. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And even if and if you be careful when you get to the bus station, because last time we went, we got on a normal bus by mistake because we came out of Manor Valley station and we were staying in Valdurup. And we got on a normal bus by mistake rather than a hotel bus. And uh, it cost us two euros, which wasn't so bad, I guess. But it went all the way round Valdura. Yeah. I mean, it took us nearly an hour yeah. to get from Manla Valle to Valdura. Yeah. Uh, so what are they called, the buses? Pay buses? The pay buses have a name. Oh, I can't remember now, but yeah. Anyway, check it out. Don't go on a pay bus, go on a hotel bus. Or get or get the RER, which or frankly RER. would have been much easier for us. It would have been a five-minute journey on the RER to our hotel. Um, okay, so, Ben, what about you? That's a difficult one. Um, I'm going to say look into and investigate an annual pass. Just because when you break up and you look at packages and then think how many people are going to be there um, on your package you put through Disney holidays and then break it down, are you going to visit more than once? Are you in sort of the UK and that you want to go more than once a year? Because we worked it out. Um, we bought an Infinity Pass, a Magic Plus Pass, um, and it gave us discount on the room. And without transportation, it actually worked out £50 cheaper than it would if we booked through Disney holidays without a dining package um, for the entire thing. So and now that gave us the 12 months of both of us being able to go into the parks um, and get even more reduced stays and discount on food. So it's just taking that extra bit of planning and working out financially what works best. And I'd recommend just using a spreadsheet like we normally do for planning. No, you're right, Ben. Absolutely bang on. Um, because actually you just need to sit down and do the maths. So I had an infinity pass for a year and within the space of two trips. So I did a four day trip when I bought the pass at the beginning of that four day trip. And then I did a three day tip trip. I had made back the cost of the pass and then some just by the discounted room and the level of discounts that you get with an annual pass across restaurants, merchandise locations, things like Buffalo Bills, you get 20% off, you know, uh, you get privileged passes for your friends and family at a ridiculously reduced rate for a two park um, pass. 
Uh, and the good news is you can now book them online. You don't need to do it at the entrance to the park every morning. So it makes it much slicker, much quicker. Um, I think the annual passes at Disneyland Paris, I hope nobody's listening, are an absolute steal if you're going to go more than once a year. Yeah, can I, can, I also add, add in, can I add in as well, Claire? Because actually I think that's that's a really pertinent point about sort of two trips. But I also think as well, I think it, offer, it offers so, so much more. You know, and I, and I think that's what gets missed in the, in the whole thing here. You know, coming from a family that's bought more plush than is uh, <laughs> than, than than is is sane, but it is those discounts, and it get and it gets missed when you're trying to do the the sums on a on a, a trip to Disneyland Paris. I think, you know, I, I, I'd agree with you, Ben. You know, I, having having heard what you've said tonight, and I really do feel that you know it's something that I think a lot of people in in the UK really do need to sort of look at long and hard. And I think once you go once, you get bitten by a little bit of a bug, and it'll just round that whole whole thing together. And I think we'll all be going for an annual pass sort of basis as well. Yeah, yeah. I and and going back to what we were talking about earlier, how easy accessible DLP is from whether plane, car, train. Uh, ferry it's just so easy for us to get there and it's not particularly expensive when you compare to the likes of is Disneyland Paris is a completely different trip to look at when you compare to Florida and a lot of people go oh why would I spend a thousand pounds when I can spend uh, save up for another thousand pounds and get a big chunk towards Florida DLP is a completely different way of looking at it it is but I've I've got to say I've always been guilty of saving up the extra pennies to go Across 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 a pond which has now got a no entry sign <laughs> halfway across, um, which which is why I'm fascinated by by it now. You know we've we've been there and we've actually we have enjoyed it. Um, but going back to your point, I think as well looking at the dining options and if you're getting discount on your dining through an annual pass, again it's not like being in Florida and getting the Floridian. Sort of dining plan either you know you know our, our our holiday was meant to have a, a dining plan attached to it and actually it's a bit of a pain because really it, it ties you down to too much either within your hotel and within certain restaurants and i think disneyland paris actually offers cheaper options as to picking up a coffee and a pastry picking up food as and when you want it rather than being sort of defined to specific times as well. And I, and I think we found that difficult in the planning for this. We had a, a restaurants booked, but actually they weren't, they didn't really do it for everyone in the family. And I think that's, that was a key. Um, it's not like you've got to, you've got to park, park the Florida stuff and park the whole sort of nth degree of planning of day of the week, et cetera. It's a different experience, but it's also an experience which actually, it's it's much more fluid, and that's that's a that's a benefit. Yeah. Yeah, and when you look at food, it's you're going to spend two three hours for a sit down meal. Yeah. Or in Florida, on average, you have forty five minutes to an, to an hour. Oh, Ben, Ben, ben I'm glad um, you're telling me that now, man. Flip. You know, yeah. I've sat, I've sat in. I've, I've sat in Crystal I've sat in Crystal Palace with a family before. I've another. I haven't had the dining plan, and I, I've not even been twitching. You know, and the family, what's the matter? What's the matter? So, we're in Crystal Palace in Magic Kingdom at 9 a.m. 
and we're eating. We're not, <laughs> we're not, we're not maxing out the time when the park is empty. Yeah. So that's, yeah. a, that's a fantastic tip, I've got to say. Yeah. It, it really is. It depends how flexible you want to be. Yeah. It's we would happily go for breakfast at Starbucks. Yeah. They do a great ten euro deal where you get small coffee, um, sort of a croissant, garlic sort of roll, um, and a pastry as well, mm. or pancakes. So it's like it's really good value. Yeah, it's, it's worth saying actually that that unless you have a dining plan, whether paid or free at DLP, breakfast in your hotel is an extra charge. And it's quite a hefty charge. So that's fine if you're going to have a big buffet breakfast and not bother with lunch. But if all you want is a bowl of cereal and a piece of toast or something, then it's worth looking at other options. I've got to say, Jill, and it, it, was, it was a great source of amusement to us because going back probably five or six years and uh, we were at, staying at Sequoia mm. and it was breakfast was a, basically a case that Everyone piled in. You had your breakfast, but it was the similar sort of cold meat, cheese, baguette, and the amount of people that were basically making it was, it was pack ups, pack up stations on each sing, every single table, and people just sort of getting themselves for, throughout the day, and they were leaving with as much, well, probably leaving with more than they'd actually eaten for breakfast. Yeah, and that's why they charge for it now. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we can so have nice things. The I don't want a warm cheese sandwich at four hours later. Thank you very much. Great. But what it sends, the message I always, I've always felt, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm on, I'm on my high horse, so I'll stay there. <laughs> but what kind of message does that send to your kids? You know, I know. You know, I know. I know this. I know. I'm a, I'm a cheapskate. I'll, I'll take the cheapest flight to here, there, and everywhere in the world. I will take the cheapest option on, however, I can find a, a holiday to Walt Disney World in particular. And Disneyland Paris. It can't, yeah. What? It can't be very hygienic. Can no. it? I was going to say, oh. as someone who's worked in the catering businesses and is a chef and things, you're putting cold meat that should be in a fridge in bread and putting it in your bag. Come on, that is that's wrong. <laughs> that is going to be in the wrong. danger zone. Yeah. Oh. We're not allowed to sing that song because of copyright restrictions. <laughs> <laughs> So I will oh, go straight past done. that, and uh, I will ask Becca, what are your tips? Um, I think most people have covered all of the ones that I had. Ben mentioned the great deals you can get at some of the quick service restaurants out and about. So I think my biggest one would be to actually give Sleeping Beauty's Castle a nice, good explore. Upstairs, you can you can actually go upstairs in Cinderella's Castle, have a look at the lovely stained glass windows that tell the story of Sleeping Beauty. They're absolutely gorgeous. And then you can go downstairs. It's not for the faint of heart, because there is a dragon in the basement. <laughs> and I don't mean your mother-in-law. <laughs> it's a funny running joke we have every time we go to the park. Brilliant. I love that. For all you get, all that sort of that last wording through all of those knockouts in the previous shows, that beats it. <laughs> it really does. It really does. And when my missus listens to this show, she'll equally share that moment. <laughs> the woman of few words, but when they, you know, when she comes out with it, they, they <laughs> I have one final tip. 
that I didn't say that I meant to say, and that is walk around with your eyes open, because Disneyland Paris is beautiful. Mm. It's designed to look beautiful. It is designed to be a beautiful park, particularly Fantasyland, mm. which is split into different European countries. Mm. There's so much green. There's so many flowers. There is so there's so much to look at. Don't just run from one ride to another. Walk around with your eyes open. So easy to yeah. walk around with your phone, yeah. especially yeah. at current times, mm -hmm. because everything's operated from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When there is no park maps you can pick up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to use the app. Yeah. When you go to a restaurant, you have to scan the QR code, which is a bit confusing sometimes when only one of you is using your phone because the other one might have died. So you're trying to share the menu between your phone. <laughs> Yeah, which is yeah, we did have that one. Which is maybe another little thing is if you have got the chance, just buy one of them power bank things from Amazon mm. before you leave because, and I know that's an absolute godsend, and I totally agree with you, Peter. Um, and I think if if anybody who is planning a trip, and I'm I think I'm going off the top, from my head, I'm is it episode five of the Imagineering story, where they were when they were talking about how they actually went about designing Disneyland Paris yeah. mm. but the amount of gold that they actually put into into an awful lot of the castle mm. the, de the detailing in that and, and and I've got to say watching that really added a, an awful lot to my my personal understanding of, of how much money had been spent by Disney yeah. in actually producing what is there to see and previously I thought it was I'd I, I previously thought it was done very much on the cheap because no. Disney, Disney Disney were very much sort of skint at the time, but they absolutely went over the top and they've probably spent more in creating Disneyland Paris than possibly any any other sort of park visually. And I think your, your advice there, Peter, I think is is is, a, is great because you've got to you've got to look out for it. And I think Be Becca, you mentioned about the stained glass windows. Yeah, they they are absolutely stunning. I think the other thing, John, is as you were saying that it's it's beautiful. If people are interested in the history of Disneyland Paris, you can actually do a tour in the Disneyland Park itself. Um, you can book it at the City Hall. It's about sixty, I think it's sixty five, sixty nine euros, something like yeah. that. It takes between two and three hours last time i did it with a friend it was literally the two of us and a cast member and we could choose where we went and it was amazing i've done it twice and had slightly different information each time um so it's not particularly expensive um and you get to learn all those little details they point out the most beautiful corners that you may not yep. have noticed yep. so if, you, if you're someone who likes that detail you're not going to go backstage but it does talk about how the park was constructed why it was constructed in the way it is it will walk you through each of the lands and why why they are as they are so i can wholeheartedly recommend doing that at the time that we did it you got a badge to finish with which was nice and and you also got a uh, a special place to stand for the parade. Yeah, I don't think they do that I don't that think anymore. they're doing that yeah. anymore, but you never know. They might yeah. bring you back. And I think I'm right in saying you can still get annual pass discount on the tours. You absolutely can, yes. So if you do have an annual pass, that's another benefit. Spot on. Yeah. Spot on. It's um, really, really good. Yeah. It's a really good tour. 
Um, I can just see John sort of crunching the numbers now, thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. let's look up an annual pass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, okay, I will add my tips. I've got one very specific one, which is unless you have mobility problems or really can't walk more than about 10 minutes, in which case you probably have problems going around DLP anyway, don't bother with the buses. Because even the Santa Fe and the Cheyenne are really only 15 minutes walk away. I mean, yeah, if it's chucking it down with rain, you know, and there happens to be a bus just as you get there, fine, jump on it. But more often than not, the buses are overcrowded. You get shoved to the ground on running for the bus. You get shoved out of the way. And it really is a lovely walk. It's a 15 minute walk down the, down the river. And it's a very pretty walk. And frankly, when you leave the park, by the time you walk to the bus stop, you could be halfway through the village, which would enable you to pop into one of the shops on the way. I have to say, Jill, we used the bus twice this time, where we've never done before. Uh-huh. And I know it was probably because of COVID, yeah. they were empty. Yeah. Like we waited five minutes each time. Yeah. I mean, if it's empty, um, yeah. feeling lazy. I have to admit, it was just, especially on the way back, because we'd left luggage at the hotel yeah. in the luggage room. We didn't pay for the express. We went back there after lunch. Um, and like literally got the luggage, went to the bus and within five minutes we're on it and we were at the station. So I don't know how many people will use it, but that walk is really nice though. Yeah. yeah. Should we talk, should we just talk about Disney Village and the 90s wonder of aluminium <laughs> and fluorescent colours that is Disney Village? Oh. It's growing on me. <laughs> it's not growing on me. No. I like the merchandise in the shops. Yeah, I think I bought some Lego, so I was sort of distracted, oh, so it's okay. fine. It's so, easily distracted. So it is due for an update, hopefully oh, yeah. next year, maybe the year after. Yeah. They're hopefully going to rip the whole thing down and start again. But it is this monstrosity of metal and uh, slippery floors. Um, so I, I, I would suggest that people don't envisage something like disney springs it's really not like that um but there are some great bargains you can buy in the shops i hope they keep world of disney world of disney is a beautiful store it's very oh yeah that's brand new though that's a thing that Um, world of disney vapianos and five guys is is new um earl of sandwich as it is because that again is very beautiful um art deco style building and for me if they did the rest of the village as an Art Deco kind of 1920s Paris feel, it could look absolutely gorgeous. See, I think they're missing a trick. I think they should have a hotel near the Disney Village, which is uh, a 1920s um, Paris hotel. I think they yeah. could absolutely yeah. um, build something really stunning there. However, they yeah. can't fill the hotels they've got at the moment, so yeah. that's not on the cards. Um, but I, I agree. I think there's... there's um, Disney Village is just, it's a sad reflection of what it once was in 1992. Hurricanes nightclub is no more, but the stairwell is still there. Um, <laughs> you live in hope, Claire. You live in- no, I, do you know what? I, I remember going and seeing people queued up that stairwell. That is like an external fire escape stairwell. And then people were queued all the way up there to get in at the top floor. And and I know we've mentioned it before, but the bathrooms next to the sports cafe are really quite rough. But the outside seating area near to the, near the sports cafe, which in the winter has uh, external heaters on, um, is really nice actually. Yeah, you can is, some yeah. high top tables and you can sit out there, have a drink, have something to eat. Sports Cafe does actually does really good food. It's at the back of the menu if you haven't noticed. 
Um, and it's really quite nice to sit there in the warmth in sitting outside. They tend to have big sports games or golf or whatever up on up on the big scheme, big screen. They do show the Six Nations rugby during the the tournament. I've never been known to watch a rugby game there. Um, so yeah, I think Disney Village is thematically probably not the most modern. It will be replaced, but it's it's functional. Mm. Is that... Do you think it will happen once they finish sort of studios? Mm. Yeah, I think it will happen. It's, at the same it's, time they'll just use the bulldozer that, yeah. that they've used in studios drive and just sort of drive yeah. it through. The other thing is they do have little. Um, they do tend to have small food carts in Disney Village as well, so you can always get you know toffee apples and pretzels and um, in the winter you get some wine and yeah. yeah exactly and you can get some really cute little um, desserts if so if you're in a restaurant you don't want to hang around for dessert you can grab something as you walk through Disney Village it's quite nice yeah one time we went they were they're selling Mediterranean um, soap soap from, sorry soap. soap selling soap from um, that's not a dessert I'll say <laughs> no, but they were selling <laughs> soap from Marseille. <laughs> Saying that there were some Disney candles being sold yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which were very overpriced. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like smell like the spray in the Disneyland Hotel that's like seventy euros a yeah. spray bottle. <laughs> the, these small little candles were about twenty five euros each, and that was for the smallest one. Mm. I'd stick with maple and whiskey. Yeah. I would too, definitely. Yeah. Especially with our um, Mickey Waffle discount code. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, exactly. Seamless, seamless there. So. <laughs> I um yeah I'm going to finish with my biggest tip which is people often say oh does it compare to Walt Disney World is it the same magic I would say no it's not and if you go expecting american parks and american food and american style customer service and american customs you won't get what you're looking for and even american weather but it has its own magic. It is purely a European experience. It's a very different experience. And if you go with an open mind and open eyes, you will fall in love with a very, very different experience. It's strange that people look at things like Tokyo or Shanghai and they think, well, obviously that's a completely different country and different culture. So I'm not expecting the park to be the same. But quite often people look at Paris and they think, well, it ought to be like America. No. <laughs> so things like food. French people on the whole don't snack much because it gets in the way of their three-course, two-hour lunch and their three-course, two-hour dinner. So don't expect to find a stunning array of snacks, although there are snacks available at DLP. But think like the French go for a nice, long, leisurely evening's meal where the meal is your entertainment. It's what you're going to do all evening. You sit and relax and you have a glass of wine and a nice steak and just take it easy. And, yeah, just go with the flow. You're right there, Jill. Do as the Romans do. You, you go to a country, you want to sort of immerse yourself in sort of the culture and everything and just... I don't know, this this trip was completely different to what we've done before. We didn't have much of a plan because the only plan we had was what would happen if it got cancelled. Mm. <laughs> and it was just... We, and, he's lying, we didn't even know a plan for that. No, there was so many options, but yeah. and But then it was like we got there and we just thought, what do we do? We had one meal booked, which was Che Remy, which 
more I look back on it, the more I wish it was a bit better than what we got. But we'll probably try it again. But yeah, it was just not having a much of a plan. We didn't even know what park we're going to, what day, just what we felt like doing that morning. Yeah. Which is the opposite of Walt Disney World, where <laughs> it's a military operation. Yeah. You know, you fast passes, your ADRs, what days is busiest, quietest. Mm. And it just, maybe that's what also helped the trip feel more magical. See, Jill, your words there were absolutely superb. And, and I think that's a really lovely way of describing what Disneyland Paris should be. You know, it's it's no preconceptions. It's no comparisons to other Disney parks. It's unique in its own way, mm. and and I think that's where I, I really I hope a lot of people listening to this would would take a little bit of you know a little bit of spark as to a future trip. It's certainly something I've you know I've te- I've I've learned loads tonight. This is great. I've really enjoyed listening to all of your experiences. You know, I've only I've only ever been to Disneyland Paris twice, um, and I think there is because it's on our doorstep. We t- I think we take it more for granted, don't we? Also, it yeah. is more affordable than people think. It's very easy to look yep. at the website and see something that costs you know one thousand five hundred pounds, blah blah blah, and people go not paying that could go to Florida, and. Yeah. They, what they don't realise is that they're looking at the equivalent of a week at the Grand Floridian or something like that. Yeah. There are cheaper options. There are cheaper ways to do it. There are dozens of off-site hotels that are within really easy reach. There are ways to travel that are less expensive. There are tips and tricks like try going during the week instead of on a weekend, which is always a good um, good thing to bear in mind anyway because weekends at DLP tend to be crazy because like California, it's very much a locals park and all the locals come on the weekend. So if you can go during the week and if you can avoid public holidays, French, Spanish, Italian public holidays, so things like Ascension Day, uh, those are good to avoid as well. We're, we're guilty of it. By um, a few years ago, just went on to DLP's website and thought, oh, let's not go Florida this year, let's have a look at DLP. As we did, fifteen hundred pound Disneyland hotel. Thought oh, I'm not going there; that's way too expensive. Mm. So we put Florida that year. Yeah. Do you um do you have any hidden gems, Jill? Things that people may not have realised were there or thought were accessible to them that you think they shouldn't miss. Uh, in terms of things in the park, or in terms of oh, across the resort. So for me, I'll, I'll say that I think that. People don't realise you can go into the resorts. Same as America, you don't realise you can go into the resorts even if you're not staying there. Mm. So going into the Disneyland Hotel, popping upstairs to Cafe Fantasia and either having an afternoon tea or an amazing hot chocolate or a or a an alcoholic beverage mm. is a is an accessible um, option for people and it's really yeah. lovely in there. You get to experience the whole hotel. Mm. um much like the redwood bar at sequoia lodge is stunningly yeah. beautiful mm. um particularly in the winter to sit there by the open fire is amazing so if you get the opportunity to do that i think they're they're kind of hidden because they're not overtly in front of your face uh you know so i just wondered if you had any other particular hidden gems for disneyland paris because oh. sitting finding a quiet place a quiet yeah. corner just to enjoy being there yeah. I think it's half the fun. Yeah. You know, Cafe Fantasia always has the pianist playing in the evening, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. And I have to admit that uh, if I'm frazzled and, and hot or cold or wet uh, during the day, I will sometimes nip into, um, 
Cafe Hyperion uh, Videopolis. Not to go to Cafe Hyperion, which always has the stupidly long queues, but just to sit on a bench and watch the cartoons and get a drink mm. out of the, um, the vending machine and just chill. Um, talking of which, I discovered last time that if you buy a stupidly priced bottle of Coke, because sometimes it's hot and you do, you get annual pass discount if you buy them in a shop, but not from food vendor. Mm-hmm. Because I went into, is it Star Traders? Yeah. The shop near Star Tours anyway. And I bought a, a bottle of Coke there and I got annual pass discount. Whereas when I tried to get them from a food vendor, I didn't. No. Similarly, the soup- ones, um, you, get annual disc- uh, you get annual pass discount in the shops, but not from the cart. Correct. By Victoria's. So talking of Victoria's. Victoria's has a lovely outside seating area, which is just opposite the entrance to the restaurant. And it's like a little um, external garden next to Plaza Gardens. And you can sit there outside, watch the parade go by, glass of wine, late afternoon. It is absolutely perfect. They do Mickey waffles. They do Sundays. You can grab an ice cream from the from the ice cream parlour if you want to. But it's a real gem that I didn't even know about until probably three years ago mm-hmm. um, but I, I reckon that's a nice place to spend an hour at about four yeah. or five o'clock in the afternoon. We, we had a really really bad experience with that last time unfortunately uh, in that something was wrong and they, they were trying to close and they weren't people weren't getting served people were sitting inside for almost an hour waiting for their food meanwhile people were outside in the boiling hot weather and yeah, it really wasn't good. And they weren't using the outside seating for some reason. But so uh, that wasn't good. But I do want to get back there because it's a lovely place. Well, thanks, guys. That was a really brilliant discussion. And I hope people have picked up some good tips and tricks for their next or their first trip to Disneyland Paris. And now it's time for our carousel of questions. If you heard last month's show, and if you didn't, why not? You will know that we decided to involve our extended family in the Disney community, and we invited some of our favorite podcasters, bloggers and vloggers to take part. This month, our first contribution is from Nathan Staker. Nathan is based in the UK, and he's a keen Florida vlogger. If you're ready, Nathan, here's your carousel of questions. First one, what's your favourite park? Epcot. Tell me a ride that you hate. Ooh, Primeval Whirl. Primeval Whirl, that's his nickname. (laughs) (laughs) What's the most overrated snack? Mickey Waffle. I'm doubting myself now mm. yeah. Pretzel Actually I'm changing my answer Pretzel Mickey right. Pretzel Okay You're allowed to change Question 4 What's your favourite Transportation mode At Walt Disney World Monorail Tell me your favourite Table service restaurant At Disney Teppan Edu What's a resort that you haven't stayed in, but want to more than anything else on earth? Polynesian. 
What's your favourite car park? Oh god, um, Magic Kingdom. Typhoon, Blizzard Beach, or Volcano Bay? Volcano Bay. Galaxy's Edge or Diagon Alley? Diagon Alley, definitely. Early morning or late night park visit? I would say both, but probably late night. Keep the magic or backstage detail? Backstage detail, definitely. What's your favourite other podcast or vlogger about Disney? Oh, it's got to be that UK Disney couple. Okay, and the last one. On-site or off-site? On-site. Excellent. Thanks, Nathan. That was brilliant. And you can find Nathan on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. For our second carousel of questions, we talked to Zoe from The British Life. Zoe's a big fan of Florida and has many vlogs on her channel from there, but she also has videos from New York, Costa Rica, and of course, given her channel title, various parts of the UK too. Are you ready? Go for it. Okay, question <laughs> one. Favourite park? Uh, Animal Kingdom. Question two. Ride that you hate. Oh, it's a small world. It's torture. <laughs> okay, question three. Most overrated snack? Mickey Premium Bar. Question four. Favourite transportation mode in Walt Disney World? Oh, wow. Probably the ferry boat. I love starting and ending the day by catching the ferry boat into Magic Kingdom. Question five, favorite table service restaurant? Uh, in Walt Disney World or within the parks? Um, in Walt Disney World, so parks and resorts. Uh, Ohana. Question six, resort you haven't stayed at but want to more than anything on earth? Polly. <laughs> yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah, I visit and I always it's almost like a like looking through sort of a window of a toy shop for like a child. It's like oh <laughs> yeah, one day. Okay, question seven, favourite car park. Oh, Epcot. Question eight. Typhoon Lagoon, Blizzard Beach or Volcano Bay? Volcano Bay. Question nine, Galaxy's Edge or Diagon Alley? <gasps> Diagon Alley, but <Yay>. that's close. <laughs> Question 10, early morning or late night park visit? Late night. Okay. Question 11, keep the magic or backstage detail? Oh, backstage detail. Question 12. A favourite other podcast or vlogger about Disney? Ah, uh, I watch a lot of Crispy Small. I know they've not done um, sort of Disney trips for a while, obviously, other than California. But yeah, it all started with Crispy Small. And last one, on-site or off-site? Oh, I always stay off-site, however... It is more magical staying on site, so yeah. I've only ever done it once, but yeah, I'd recommend staying on site, definitely. 
Yeah, it's one of those things, once you've stayed on site, it just creates a different atmosphere to the trip. You... It becomes harder to stay off site. It does, yeah. it really does. And I only stayed at um, All Star Music, so it wasn't even like one of the moderates or anything like that, but yeah, it is nice being in the bubble. It's just being able to get that bus and just go to any anywhere you want, and it's just, the transportation makes it so easy. It there does. A, it's like we've, convenience we've never it. hired a car out there yet, and yeah. that's probably because of it. Yeah. yeah. So we, we probably will hire a car this year, just because with everything going on, I'm not sure about with social distancing and how long the queues are for the buses. That's very true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so that's like, a good point. Especially when parks close, I don't know, at nine o'clock. Oh yeah, could you imagine? Pi- everyone piling up the park and, and going back to a resort. Kids with buggies. Was it one wheelchair per One wheelchair bus? per bus. Yeah. They're going to get really crowded really quickly. After all, since we um, bought into DVC a few years ago, we've stayed at, we've stayed, was it Coronado last year? We did. We stayed at Coronado last year. Nice. And I don't know what it is, it was just that extra bit difference you notice between different resorts. Yeah. It's like we missed just certain homely bits that from other resorts that you stay at, but the poly is amazing. Yeah. It's... Even just like the entrance lobby, just like walking in, it's got this almost atmosphere about it that the other resorts don't have. Um, yeah, it's just, it's lovely. I love it. And the torches, oh, and the beach. Oh, yeah, oh God, that beach. Mm. Your most overrated snack is the same as a lot of other people's. <laughs> yeah. 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 We had a lot of people say that, making yeah. Mickey premium yeah. butter. We've had a few Mickey pretzels, I think, as well. A couple of techniques. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've never had a, a Mickey Premium bar until um, one of my friends is DVC and we went to one of the Moonlight Magic events and obviously it's unlimited Mickey yep. bars isn't it? So I was like oh I'm so excited to try one of these and I was just like it's like a choc ice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I prefer the ice cream sandwich I think to the um, yeah. Premium bar. Just yeah was it Moonlight Magic we went to? It was a Typhoon, Typhoon, Lagoon. Typhoon Lagoon one. Yeah. And yeah literally everywhere you go is like Here's an ice cream, here's an ice cream, here's some drink. Yes. <laughs> and you can find Zoe on YouTube at The British Life and also on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Both Zoe and Nathan also take part regularly in a YouTube Disney-based group chat show called Saturday Night Discussions, which has been known to feature some of our fellow wafflers on occasion too. Well, thanks, guys. It's been really good to chat. And I think that's about it for this month. Now, dear listener, if you wish to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcasts on a number of apps, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can find them and more on our YouTube channel. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at GBMickeyWaffle or drop us a message at themickeywaffle at gmail.com And we've got a new website that we are developing for you to explore as well. So all I have to say is from all of us, what fun. fun.